Welcome to Safety Net, a patient safety podcast with news, trends, and ideas from CRICO, the insurance program for all of the Harvard Medical Institutions and their affiliates, bringing a data-driven approach to reducing medical error through clinical analysis of malpractice claims. It's something people have done every day in their personal and professional lives since computers had mouses. Copy and paste. But when it comes to medical notes and patient charts, copying and pasting carries risks of confusion, patient harm, and liability for providers. If the facts that are being pasted are no longer accurate, then providers may be relying on outdated information for diagnoses and treatment plans. Attorney Amy Dramond is a claims manager at CRICO, the malpractice insurance program for the Harvard Medical Institutions and their affiliates. And Dramond says it happens. Overall, copy and paste as a contributing factor in a malpractice case is rare. However, when it does come up in a case, um, we it tends to be a factor in which we close more of those cases um, with payment than without it. Data gathered from across the country through CRICO's Candelo division indicate a copy and paste problem. Over a recent five-year period, malpractice cases with an electronic health record user issue closed with a payment to the plaintiff about 23% more often than cases without an EHR user issue. And the ones that feature copy and paste issues are about 18% more likely to close with payment than other EHR cases. To illustrate how copying and pasting part of the record can lead to harm, Amy Germond describes a real case. The patient was an 85-year-old woman with diabetes and peripheral neuropathy who was referred to a podiatrist with a blister on her toe. The podiatrist decided to place her in an ortho-wedge boot to ease the weight on the blister. But the problem in the case was, with regard to the patient's history, the podiatrist relied upon um, a note that he copied and pasted, which stated that the patient walked regularly, when in reality, because of her um, neuropathy, she was developing gait instability, and she was actually advised to walk with a cane when ambulating. Um, And unfortunately, we learned during the course of the litigation that this particular patient um, didn't really like using her cane, especially in public. She tended to use it more at home. So because she was out at a medical appointment, she did not take the cane with her. And because this podiatrist wasn't aware of the gait instability that she had developed, relying upon information that was out of to date in, in his note, um, he gave her this boot, which would have been the standard of care to treat the blister, but didn't really consider the fact that she was now um, having difficulty ambulating without a cane, didn't bring the cane, didn't have anyone with her at this visit. The patient then left the appointment in the boot, walked to her car in the parking lot, and fell. She broke vertebrae in her back. While she was in the hospital, she developed a pneumonia and died. Review of the medical record found that the podiatrist's note was identical to a previous note from five years earlier stating that the patient walks regularly. This narrative in the EHR was not updated. And what made the the difference in this case was if um, 
I think the podiatrist had been more aware that her ability to ambulate had in fact changed. Um, you know, he might've used a different thought process and maybe telling her to wait to put the boot on until she went at home. Or maybe if he looked at her ability to ambulate, maybe she wasn't even a candidate for the boot, but because this information was inaccurate and relied upon, um, we had this unfortunate outcome. Dr. Adam Schaefer is Senior Clinical Analytics Specialist at CRICO and a hospitalist at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. Most of the EHR cases in the study set are from the ambulatory setting. Dr. Schaefer says care in these locations more often involves diagnoses rather than procedures. If a patient chart contains material that was copied and pasted, sometimes multiple times, the provider may be misled. For example, a visit may involve a general internist evaluating a constellation of seemingly disparate symptoms in an attempt to arrive at a diagnosis. With cognitive care encounters such as this, the clinician is often drawing on multiple pieces of information in the EHR, and so if this information is incorrect, outdated, or unavailable, then it might make it harder to arrive at the diagnosis. Dr. Schaefer and Attorney Dramond also say that billing requirements can push clinicians to put more in the record than they would otherwise in order to be reimbursed. Providers in other countries document less and are more satisfied with their EHR's efficiency than clinicians in the U.S. Dr. Schaefer explains that entering too much patient information beyond what is needed for clinical issues can undermine care. So, you know, one can sort of get in the mode of, I need to get through the day, let me make sure, you know, I've fulfilled all the requirements, you know, for the documentation, and it's sort of easy uh, you know, it's easy to pull in information that has already been entered. And that, that's not necessarily problematic to do. You just need to be thoughtful about it. So you need to be, make sure if you're pulling in a family history, especially as part of an admission note, uh, you know, when was that fa- family history updated? You know, importing, uh, you know, a family history that someone entered from, you know, a week or two ago is very reasonable, uh, but importing a family history from a five years ago, especially if you don't actively update it, you know, that, that's more problematic. Dr. Schaefer recommends that clinicians document their reasoning and and even their uncertainty. But don't make subsequent treating providers wade through an ocean of material in the record. One thing clinicians can do to make it easier for other clinicians to find the information that is likely to be most important to them, uh, this can mean including information that is needed for billing uh, but is less clinically relevant in a separate section at the bottom of the note. It can also involve putting the most critical information, such as the assessment and plan, uh, right at the top where you can see it immediately. Jaman says that to minimize the risks of mistakes based on inaccurate copied and pasted text, clinicians should consider limiting the practice when the information needs updating. And if something goes wrong, she says documentation that demonstrates the provider's clinical rationale and shows that the clinician was reasonable is more important than trying to make the documentation perfect. I think sometimes with cutting and pasting, you know, you might just move that information forward, but you want to really make sure, is it still accurate? Is that information still accurate that I have in my note? Um, and and so um, I think that's the most important piece. No matter how your note is created, it's really important to make sure it's accurate and that it accurately reflects your care and treatment and decision-making. So at the end of the day, um, looking back at that note, which is the contemporaneous information that jurors really rely on in these cases, um, that it shows that you are being reasonable. For more on copy and paste risks and prevention, CRICO is hosting a webinar entitled Understanding Documentation Risk in Malpractice Cases for No Charge on March 2nd, and a recording of the webinar will be posted after that. 
visit www.rmf.harvard.edu slash copy and paste webinar to learn more. Thank you for listening to SafetyNet, a podcast of news, trends, and ideas from Crico in the Harvard Medical System. Find all of our podcasts at www.rmf.harvard.edu slash podcast and subscribe. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and then rate and review the show to help others find it too.